for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Hi everyone, welcome to Living Life. Now, when I'm at the pool with my son, David, I always ask him to jump towards me. Now I'm already inside the water in the pool and then my, da- my son David is standing on the, on the floor and I ask him to jump, but sometimes he is frightened by the water, especially when he was younger. But as a continual reminder that uh, I will catch you, don't worry, I'm here. You can jump towards me. Uh, when he listens to that, he becomes convinced, and then he jumps. But as this experience repeats after one incident after another, as we continue our, uh, our experience at the pool, he builds his trust, and he always jumps towards me, even though I don't say anything. Sometimes I might not be ready to catch him, but he still he just runs and jumps at me uh, because he knows that I will catch him and he will not drown. So yes, he does have a tube on his arm, but yet he's not frightened by the water and he just jumped towards me. It's a building of trust as I continually remind him and that I will catch him, I will take care of him. And that's the same attitude that the Father Lord speaks to us is that I am uh, speaking to you in promises. I will keep my promises. My words never fail. I will never desert you. I will never reject you. That's the Father Lord is speaking to us through today's passage. So I hope that as we take a look in today's passage, these words, I hope that it encourages encourages you and give you uh, strength in living out today's uh, problem in your life. So why don't we take a look in today's passage? Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 through 26. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. For this is what the Lord says, David will never fail to have a man to sit on the throne of Israel, nor will the Levitical priests ever fail to have a man to stand before me continually to offer burnt offerings, to burn grain offerings, and to present sacrifices. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. This is what the Lord says, If you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that day and night no longer come at their appointed time, then my covenant with David, my servant, and my covenant with the Levites, who are priests ministering before me, can be broken, and David will no longer have a descendant to reign on his throne. I will make the descendants of David my servant and the Levites who minister before me as countless as the stars in the sky and as measureless as the sand on the seashore. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. 
Have you not noticed that these people are saying, The Lord has rejected the two kingdoms he chose? So they despise my people and no longer regard them as a nation. This is what the Lord says. If I have not made my covenant with day and night and established the laws of heaven and earth, then I will reject the descendants of Jacob and David my servant and will not choose one of his sons to rule over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For I will restore their fortunes and have compassion on them. So God our Father, continually repeating His promises, uh, we build our assurance uh, in His promises that will be fulfilled. In today's passage, we see that uh, these type of phrases are repeated throughout almost every verse. This is what the Lord says. Uh, this is what the Lord declares and even says the days are coming. In those days, in those days, uh, the, the timing of uh, God's word being fulfilled are mentioned as well. The reason why there's a continual repetition is to give us confidence that God's word is going to be fulfilled. He speaks continually to build our confidence in his promises. Uh, yes, it is yet to be fulfilled. That is why God says the days are coming. And in those days, in those days, the reason why God says this is that it will take time. But nevertheless, his words will never fail to be fulfilled. So in the, in the, in the passage that we see, I hope that these three parts uh, speak to you as we go through them. Uh, the first thing is that God will never fail in fulfilling his promise. He will never fail in fulfilling his promise. We see that in verse 17. For this is what the Lord says, David will never fail to have a man to sit on the throne of Israel, nor will the Levitical priests ever fail to have a man to stand before me, continually to offer burnt offerings, to burn grain offerings, and to present sacrifices. What God promises is that uh, he will never fail to put a, a king before us. He will never fail to uh, put a priest who will intercede for us uh, before him. Uh, the promises will always be kept. David and Le uh, Levites, what do they represent? It's the royal authority that God plants for us and also a person of ministry of reconciliation that intercedes for people's sin. So altogether, what do these represent? It's the royal priest. It's Jesus Christ that God will never fail to put before us to intercede and to rule his people. Uh, we, we know already in, in history that God has fulfilled this promise. He sent his only begotten son as a kingly priest that intercede not only for all, uh, all his chosen people, but for all humanity. But he also rules in, uh, in the throne uh, for eternity to govern every human being, but all creation. That's the person that God never fails to bring forth for all of his creation. Second is that God will never break the covenant. No one can also break that covenant. He will neither break it nor he will uh, neglect it. It will be impossible to break that covenant. We see in a more of a, a opposite sense in words. In verse 20, it says, this is what the Lord says. If you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, 
so that day and night no longer come at their appointed time, then my covenant with David, my servant, and my covenant with the Levites who are priests ministering before me can be, broke, can be broken, and David will no longer have a descendant to reign on his throne. Now, who could break the cycle of day and night? I don't think any human beings could ever intervene to break that cycle. God is saying in parables, in an opposite sense, where if you could ever have a chance to break that cycle, then the covenant may be broken. What does that mean? That no one can ever even imagine of breaking that covenant. Even God himself will not do so because he placed the natural order of day and night. Unless he redoes uh, the creation order, then there is no covenant which he will not do. He will keep the day and night going in a natural cycle, which means he will keep the covenant going and ultimately fulfill it for his people. That is what God says. God will never break the covenant. Now, third, God will never reject his chosen people. He says, I know, now God says, and also in a repeated sense about day and night, but he used that analogy to stress this fact in verse 26. Then I will reject the descendants of Jacob and David, my servant, and will not choose one of his sons to rule over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you could break the cycle of day and night, then I will not choose one person, uh, the descendant of David, to rule over you. Now what happened? Day and night, the cycle, as I say, cannot be broken. That is set for us. It's a natural order. And according to his creation order, God will bring forth one man, a descendant of David, who will rule over all the faithful descendant of Abraham. All those who believe in God will come to become a family of Abraham. Those who have become part of the family by faith. Now, they will be ruled by one man. Who is that? That's Christ Jesus. Now, God will never reject his chosen people. How does he do that? By bringing forth one man to rule over his people. That is Christ Jesus. And God is determined to do all this. We see in the last verse in 26, For I will restore their fortunes and have compassion on them. Now, compassion is a very, very God-oriented word because he's the only one who has the authority and sovereign will to determine to whom he will have compassion. We see that in Exodus. Just as that, he will be the one, God only, the main author, he will be the only one who restores the fortune and will decide to whom he will have compassion. And that is the chosen people whom God will have them be ruled by his son, Christ Jesus. So we build our assurance of faith in God alone as we continually listen to his promises every day, every morning, continually being repeated to us. God himself disclosing that mystery to us by himself through his word uh, and allow us to visibly see through his son, Jesus Christ. That, that way we build our trust in God. And even, in, even if we are in tough times, even if we are in desperate moments, the reason why I come to faith in God is because we come to believe that He's the only one who can take care of us. So I hope that this becomes true for you and hope that this passage uh, be an encouragement for you. Let us pray. 
God, help us and lead us and guide us. We ask that you be the life of our, our, our life and you be the one who guide us in every way. So I ask all this so that it become true in our life. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer, see Jesus.